How accurate were my predictions on the Biden press conference? Michael Rappaport witnesses some shoplifting. CNN calls out Russian state television for being propaganda. Pot, kettle, Neil Young hates free speech, Big Pappy's a Hall of Famer, and more on this episode of the Random Thoughts Podcast. And welcome to episode number 172 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and a whole lot of stuff to get to today. I think the best place to start is where we left off, which last week was the show right before the Joe Biden press conference, and I was uh, keeping score on what questions were not going to be asked. I was surprised that Joe was able to go for an hour and 40-some-odd minutes, making it one of the longest or the longest press conference in the modern times. So Joe was out there for a whole long time, and I think that was part of what he was trying to prove. But, of course, the hard questions were not asked. The things we pointed out, which were the questions that Bill O'Reilly had, were not asked. Nobody really wanted to push Joe on the border, on the economy. Well, except uh, Ducey from Fox, and then uh, Biden called him a stupid son of a bitch, which was only funny because of the criticism Biden gave Donald Trump on the way that he treated the media. Turns out that these guys, it doesn't really matter who's in office. If you don't like the person asking the questions, if you don't like the questions you're getting asked, you're probably going to get a little cantankerous, and that's okay. I don't care about that. I like ornery Joe. I liked ornery Trump, and pointing fingers at that kind of stuff is a little bit crazy, but the fact that the media, the mainstream media, the White House press corps did not want to ask the hard questions or any hard questions of Joe Biden should scare each and every one of you, because this is a problem. We talked about in the last episode that CNN was putting together a group, well, three people or something, in order to do nothing but talk about misinformation. And we're going to have a story on that in a few minutes about what's going on in Russia. But the crime wave is still going on here. In the United States, and nobody asking Joe Biden about that either. So nobody asked the tough questions. Nobody asked, do masks really work? How long do the vaccines last? All this stuff that you would think would be important. No, none of that was asked. Nobody asked Joe about the crime going on in all these major cities that all seem to be run by liberal Democrats and have liberal Democrat district attorneys that are refusing to go after the criminals that are committing the crimes. And to me, it's always funny when a raving liberal, in this case, actor Michael Rappaport, 
sees this going on firsthand in New York City. He was in a Rite Aid and witnessed what has been going on in New York, in Chicago, in San Francisco, in L.A., and elsewhere, which is shoplifting running out of control. People walking in with garbage bags or whatever big things they can stash a lot of goods in, loading them up and walking right out the door. And Michael Rappaport was in a Rite Aid, was watching this happen, of course, pulled out his phone, and this was his reaction. Warning, there will be a lot of bad language. Yo, I'm looking at this shit. This dude, this motherfucker. Yo, that, this dude is, I can't believe I'm seeing this shit. This motherfucker. Yo, this fucking guy just filled his two bags up with everything in Rite Aid right here. 80th and 1st Avenue is walking down the street like shit is Gucci. Look at me in my face like what's good. He's I was watching him the whole time. My man just went Christmas shopping in January. He had the condoms, the shampoo. Well, congratulations on being the man on the street out there giving us that report, Michael Rappaport. But of course, Michael Rappaport is a vehement Trump hater. He is a race baiter. He is just completely unhinged, which I liked a lot of the stuff he's been in as an actor. But as a person completely unhinged, on the January 6th Capitol incident, he posted a message that said this. Let me tell you something. Rodney King, George Floyd, and all other people who have been abused, killed, harassed by the cops Black people for nothing. Let me just stop there for one second. Rodney King should not have had his ass kicked like that. George Floyd should not have been killed. With that said, Rodney King led cops on a high speed chase, which has a tendency to get the testosterone, to get the adrenaline running a little bit. And people are quite amped up after a high speed chase. I don't know how you take that out of the equation. To say that was nothing is a bit disingenuous, Mr. Rappaport. George Floyd was being investigated for a fraud charge and resisted arrest. Again, I've heard a lot of people say, if you want to avoid getting killed by the cops, don't resist arrest. And most of these cases, almost. 100%, unless somebody can show me examples of cases where people were willing to give up, were not resisting, were not evading, were not running away, where the cops still decided to beat the crap out of them. I mean, sure, it happens. I'm sure there are bad cops. I'm sure there are examples. But overall, that's not the case. Back to Rappaport's post on January 6th, he says, look at this shit. If this was black people, these would be dead bodies. This is a effing shame. If this was black people, black people would get effing arrested, harassed. This is the Capitol building of the United States, and no one had a knee on their neck. No one is getting batoned. Nobody's in the back of a police car with no water. 
What the F is going on here? Well, so now he's making January 6th all about race because that's what the police and the people in charge for security at the Capitol building were going, oh, well, wait, it's white people. Go ahead, let them in. And I'll admit there was a majority of white people in that crowd, it looked like, but they weren't all white. There were black people in the crowd. There were other people of color in the crowd, Mr. Rappaport. So is it just you have to get like one white person involved? Is that it? When these like 20 people go into a store, as long as you bring one white guy with you, it's okay. Crime's okay if it's all based on the color of your skin. No, that makes no sense, you moron. But it was good to see that he's a little upset that the Rite Aid in his neighborhood, I'm guessing, I mean, why else would you be in a Rite Aid? But in a Rite Aid in the city he lives in, getting robbed while he watches and the security guard just stands next to him at the door, not doing anything, not trying to stop the guy. And this pissed off Mr. Rappaport and rightfully so there he's right. Now the right aid that was in the video is scheduled to close on February 15th, along with 63 other locations, according to the company, because this kind of theft is making it impossible for these stores in these areas to stay in business. Now, who gets hurt? The people that live in these areas. And we've talked about that before. This is the insidious nature of not prosecuting these crimes is that the people they're pretending that they want to help the minorities by not enforcing the laws are really the ones that are getting hurt here. And this is not the first time. People have done something and then pretended it was for completely the opposite reason. And that's what we're seeing here. This is why we get the news coverage that we do on CNN that totally distorts what's going on and provides a completely different reality for the people that want to believe such things to grasp onto. Now, it was interesting to me, especially on the heels of last week, where CNN was starting up their little group to cover misinformation, there was an interesting op-ed piece, an analysis piece, on the CNN website talking about what's going on in Russia. And this particular article being on CNN just warmed my heart because the gist of the article boils down to what was in the title. The West fears Russia is about to attack Ukraine, but that's not the way Russians are seeing it on TV. It's like, oh, surprise, surprise. The Russian television state TV is telling a bit of a different story. It says, quote, foreign forces bristling with weapons are rolling towards the Ukrainian border. Reconnaissance planes streak overhead. Rumors of false flag operations run rampant. If you're watching state TV in Moscow, you're seeing video of troops and tanks, barbed wires and snipers taking aim. But it's not Russians forces that are poised for attack. It's NATO's. Welcome to Russia's mirror image depiction of the showdown over Ukraine. 
in the country's alternate media landscape. NATO forces are carrying out a plan that's been in the works for years. Encircle Russia, topple President Vladimir Putin, and seize control of Russia's energy resources. Now, this is funny to me because this is exactly what CNN does when they cover Donald Trump. Nothing CNN says is accurate. It's all pushing propaganda. And CNN's now surprised that Russian state TV is pushing propaganda that the Russian government wants the people to see. But they're too stupid or they're too blind or they're too just in the pocket thinking you're too stupid to figure it out that they're doing the same damn thing with all of the news that they throw at you. And this is the problem with the media landscape today. This is the problem with people wanting to get an accurate depiction of any story of any news and not being able to do so. I don't think it's surprising anybody listening to me that Russian TV, the state television network, is a propaganda network. Of course, it's not a surprise to you that CNN's a propaganda network of a different sort. Fox News is a propaganda network of a different sort. They're all propaganda networks. Breitbart's a propaganda network. They might try to get to the truth a little bit more. Or maybe that's just I want to believe it more because of the fact that that's more where my political center lies. But this is the problem and the fact that there is no real news anymore. This is all propaganda. And this is how the world and the worldview of the average person is formed because you believe what you see. The people in Russia, you'd be like, ah, they're stupid, but they're seeing this and it's being presented as fact. So how do you know? Who do you believe? How do you know if you should believe the Joe Rogans or the Neil Youngs? And we'll get to that in a minute. But this is the issue with the media landscape as we see it, is that Russia wants to put forward that they're in the right, that it's the other guys that are bad, and all they're doing is what they have to, which is all CNN has been doing for years with the anti-Trump stuff. And it is, again, delightful that they don't see it. In the CNN piece, it also says, quote, in a striking piece of mirror image propaganda, Russian TV has taken to rebroadcasting with translation. Well, of course they'd have to because they wouldn't know what they were saying otherwise. Comments by Fox News pundit Tucker Carlson, whose anti-NATO and anti-U.S. President Joe Biden screeds neatly align with the Kremlin's line. He, Carlson, ought to be on your show, one guest on a Russian talk show told the anchor. So, I mean, again, it's propaganda. This is exactly what CNN does. This is how they package things as long as it fits their narrative. If it fits the anti-Trump narrative, they don't care where they're getting it. And the fact that they actually publish this, it seems to me that they're, again, either too stupid to realize they're doing the same thing or they just think you're too stupid to be able to put two and two together. But here's how the article ends, and I thought this was just dripping as well. It says, quote, to be sure, the Russian media landscape is shifting as a younger generation goes online to get information. But most alternative news outlets in Russia have been shut down or marginalized, and the Kremlin's parallel reality continues to dominate 
the airwaves. Do you not see maybe the correlation of those alternative news outlets, let's say podcasts, let's say Joe Rogan, that are being marginalized by the state TV, CNN, and others who, oh, they're spreading misinformation. Got to shut them down. They're lying. It would be hilarious if it wasn't causing so much damage. The fact that you're shutting anybody down is an assault on free speech. We talked about that over and over again when it came to bullying and that kind of stuff. Shutting people down is never the right thing to do. Even if they want to spread the craziest theories, the most hate, whatever it is, you counter that with your own viewpoint. You do not shut down a whole group of people or any one individual really from speaking because that does more damage than anything else. So it's hilarious that CNN is pushing the fact that there's misinformation going on from the state television in Russia and that the alternative outlets are being marginalized and shut down when that's exactly what they're calling for here if you disagree with them. How do you not see that? It does go back to that Dutch saying that Adam Curry on the No Agenda show always comes out with, which is you're guilty of what you accuse me of. Or It sounds way better in Dutch, though. And that's absolutely what's going on here. They're trying to marginalize and shut down people who have different viewpoints. Of course, CNN always thinks they know that their viewpoint is right in their... That's hilarious. Even though they spread rumor, they spread innuendo, there's always the anonymous sources, and they spread things as what they call facts, which have been debunked years and years ago, like the Charlottesville fine people thing with Donald Trump. But it's interesting to me when these lefty liberal nut jobs, like old shaky Neil Young, come out now and take a shot at Spotify with an open letter on his website, which then came down. I don't really know if Neil Young had a change of heart or somebody explained to him that he's actually costing himself money or something, or he was going to lose because his audience is a little bit smaller than Joe Rogan's audience. Maybe people have explained to Neil Young who is more relevant at this point and who makes more money at this point, but it's hilarious when the liberals want to shut down the voices of anyone, because I thought the whole concept of being liberal was to allow everything, let people do what they want, have more freedom. No, they claim that it's the people on the right that are trying to silence people and to be fascists and to be Nazis, but no, it turns out that's exactly what the left wants to do. And Neil Young posted a letter on his website, which called out Spotify for having the Joe Rogan program on its network, which, I mean, I still can't listen to Rogan much because of the move to Spotify. I've watched one episode since he's gone to Spotify, and that was one with Adam Curry. Curry's been on again, and I just can't uh, be bothered to deal with Spotify. So I'm sure the Rogan audience has kind of gone down a little, but it's still huge. It's still massive. 
But Neil Young in this post said, quote, I am doing this because Spotify is spreading fake information about vaccines, potentially causing death to those who believe the disinformation being spread by them. Well, Spotify isn't really doing anything. They're carrying a show and allowing people to have free and open discourse. Mr. Young, free and open discourse means differing viewpoints, meaning that we want to get to the bottom of a subject by examining all sides. Joe Rogan is certainly not an anti-vaxxer. As far as I understand, he was going to get the Johnson and Johnson shot before they paused that back in April. And I don't believe he has gotten a vaccine since then. He has gotten COVID and recovered, though. But Rogan will talk to just about anybody. And I like that. And you're going to get differing viewpoints. And some people are going to say some stuff that is absolutely insane. And you don't know which people are telling you the truth and which are lying to you. And you don't know which people are correct and which people are misguided because there are people that are spreading stuff that they're just totally misguided about, but they believe it because a lot of the stuff going on in the world is a little more complex than most people want to give it credit for. But Neil Young wanting to shut down this free exchange of ideas. That does not rock and roll, Neil Young. That is not pro-freedom. It's funny. I mean, rocking in the free world, right, Neil Young? Unless you say something I don't like. This whole week, it's still rock in the free world. One of Neil Young's big songs. And I like the song. I think Neil's a pretty good songwriter. And I love his guitar style. That sounds like he has no idea what he's doing. I dig all that. But this whole concept that you could be rocking in the free world, but God forbid you say something somebody doesn't like. Are you going to rework the lyrics of that song, Mr. Young? Maybe. And uh, talk about how you can only rock if you don't say things that I don't like about vaccines or COVID or whatever it may be. The post on his website went on to say, quote, Spotify has a responsibility to mitigate the spread of misinformation on its platform though the company presently has no information policy. I want you to let Spotify know immediately today, all caps, that I want all my music off their platform. They can have Rogan or Young, not both. <laughs> scary, Mr. Young. So scary. I know who's getting more plays on Spotify. So I'm guessing that's who they would side with, which is maybe why this was taken down. Joe Rogan has about 11 million listeners per episode, and that's always hard to understand what that actually means. If they're basing that on 11 million people who started one of these three hour shows and listened all the way through or listened to five minutes of it or 30 seconds, whatever it is, you don't know if this is people who are downloading it more than once. So it's really hard to say, but there's a lot of people that are paying attention to Joe Rogan way more, it would seem, than are paying attention to any new music that is coming out from Neil Young. But it's just interesting to me that this assault on the freedom of speech is going as far as it is 
in an era where the far left is pushing to not arrest and prosecute criminals that are doing things like robbing Rite Aids while Michael Rappaport watches. But speech is bad. Yes, you can riot. You can loot. You can commit massive amounts of violence. You can punch somebody in the face. You can hit them with the brick walking down the streets in New York. Not going to prosecute you. But Joe Rogan allowing people to have an alternative viewpoint. Ooh, that's dangerous and that's bad. The people that believe that are absolute morons. There's no question about that. I do not support the stifling of any speech. I think people should be allowed to say whatever they want to say. I think the best thing you can hope for is if somebody is a horrible racist, is that they go out and say horrible racist things because then you know what they are. Do it in public. Why do you want them doing it in private, just amongst themselves and hiding it? No, let them out themselves. And if somebody has a differing viewpoint on something that is scientific and related to something like COVID, I'm willing to listen. I don't believe everything that I hear. I don't care if that's coming from Anthony Fauci or whoever is the anti-Fauci of the day. I think the truth is usually in the middle somewhere because I know Fauci is making a lot of money off of this. So I know Fauci is biased, but the anti-Fauci is biased as well. And the fact that we don't have any real journalists anymore that try to get to the bottom of this kind of stuff is concerning. I know a lot of podcasters try to do it, but there's only so much in the resource bag that most podcasters have. Most, like Tim Pool, for instance, is just going off news stories that he's reading online. Almost all of Tim Pool's content, he's got a big article opened on his screen from a newspaper, website, whatever it is, and he doesn't have like his own journalist going out there running down leads and trying to get to the bottom of what's really going on. So if you're basing everything you say upon the sources that are available out there, you have to be able to temper anything you hear and ask yourself, does this seem like this is true? What are the sources, if any, and are they trustworthy? The Joe Rogan program, I, again, applaud them for bringing on various voices. It was one of the reasons I enjoyed the late Anthony Bourdain, because he would talk to anybody as well on either side, from Ted Nugent to Barack Obama. Get both sides. That's what everybody should be interested in, getting both sides, not demonizing people, not walking in with a closed mind, but understanding that different viewpoints can exist and this is a case where both people can absolutely think that they're right and we're real change if there is such a thing anymore real change if it's ever going to come to fruition will have to be something that can appeal to and seem truthful to i mean i would hope it's actually truthful but at the very least seem like it's accurate and truthful to people on all sides of the political aisle 
If somebody is pushing too hard on one side, you might want to question that. If their position is all about race or division, you might want to question that. And again, understand the people watching state television in Russia think that the United States is the bad guy when it comes to Ukraine. But then again, people watching CNN believe that Donald Trump was colluding with Russia. If you were watching CNN, that's all you got for years until the evidence pointed to Hillary Clinton and her campaign staff as being the one that concocted that whole false narrative. So again, understand your reality may not actually be true. If I can quote the band En Vogue, free your mind, the rest will follow. Who knew they knew what they were talking about? In our final story, we go to MLB, something that if you've been listening, you know I have a love-hate relationship with. The latest round of Hall of Fame inductees was announced yesterday, and only one guy made it, but it is a guy that I think is rightfully going in as a first ballot Hall of Famer, and that is Boston Red Sox slugger David Ortiz, otherwise known as Big Pappy. He's a guy with a huge personality, always seems to have a huge smile on his face. He was one of the most feared hitters and also one of the most entertaining guys to watch. And his shoulders were big when the bombing hit the Boston Marathon. It was Big Pappy that threw that city on his back and rallied everybody with this statement. All right, Boston. This jersey that we wear today, it doesn't say Red Sox. He say Boston. We want to thank you, Mayor Menino, Governor Patrick, the whole police department for the great job that they did this past week. This is our fucking city. And nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Thank you. So congratulations, David Ortiz, on being elected into baseball's Hall of Fame. I think I stole the story here once before, but my nephew Trenton, when he was younger, he and the family were out at the Cheesecake Factory when the Red Sox were in town and Big Pappy was there. And of course, being a huge baseball fan, Trenton went up to get an autograph. Big Pappy signed, I believe, a napkin for him because, you know, he didn't have a Big Pappy baseball card or anything with him. But Big Pappy took the time, asked him if he wanted to see the World Series ring. And I thought that was just pretty cool and showed the type of guy that Big Pappy is and why he is a fan favorite. I've gotten my share of autographs in the past, which I've also talked about here and did a whole episode on that at one point. And some players just refuse to sign. Some will sign and not say a word. And then there are those rare few that actually want to engage with people. And Big Pappy was one of those guys. Kurt Schilling did not make the Hall of Fame. On a side note, 
And I think he will once the Veterans Committee gets to look at uh, his career because he is worthy of it. His politics, though, angered a lot of the writers. And it was interesting to see the articles yesterday talking about how much hate speech that Kurt Schilling has put out there on social media. And this was from Fox News and CNN and others. The only place I saw Kurt Schilling get a fair shake was on Breitbart, where they pointed out that he has said some controversial things, not calling it hate speech, rightfully so, because I don't believe what Kurt Schilling has put out there is hate speech at all. But again, this is what things are being labeled if people don't like what you say. Kurt Schilling dared to say such crazy, radical things like, somebody that has a penis shouldn't go into the girl's bathroom. I mean, that's the kind of crazy hate speech that Kurt Schilling put out there. So I hope he does get into the Hall of Fame, rightfully so. And now that Barry Bonds and... Roger Clemens both have dropped off the ballot after 10 years. Both of their careers marred with steroid use. I think both of them will also get in at some point. I'm a little more torn on those because I don't like the guys that cheated because people like Frank Thomas, White Sox great, seems to have gone their career without doing that. But the reality is, we know there are other people that are in the Hall of Fame, that have cheated, got away with it. So maybe at some point you figure that these guys have done their time, but I don't know. Maybe that is a subject for another story. Either way, Big Pappy, a Hall of Famer, and I am really happy about that. This podcast is a value for value podcast, which means we put the shows out there. You get to listen to them free of charge and decide if you got any value out of the show whatsoever, and then go to randomthoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com slash donate. Click that donate button. Use one of the QR codes or wallet addresses for the crypto thing. Use the P.O. Box address if you want to go the snail mail route, or if you're listening on a Podcasting 2.0 compliant app right now, you can boost us. All of them are very much appreciated today. We have Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley to thank with his $15 contribution. It is very much appreciated. It is monthly, which makes it doubly or triply or even more appreciated. And the other day, Sir Sean was in the troll room for the No Agenda podcast. And he mentioned that he was spending more now on podcasts than he used to on his cable TV subscription, but that he was getting more value back. And that is the whole point with this. And we hope you are getting some value out of this, out of the content that is out there that is not being stifled, that is trying to bring you various viewpoints that hopefully enrich your life. So we thank you, Sir Sean. And I also want to give a very special thank to our buddy, Bob, that you may know as Harry Hamster for sending us some little ham radios that I've got charging up right now that I'll be playing around with. He's been trying to get me to get a little hammy to get into that, to see what you can hear when you monitor the channels and what's going on there. So it was an interesting way to support the show. And we very much appreciate that Bob. And we'll report on one of the coming shows, just how 
fun these little radios are and what kind of trouble you can get into with them. With that said, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this show. If you're digging it, tell a friend, tell five friends, tell somebody that we're here. That is always greatly appreciated. And I will be back again next week on Wednesday with another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.